Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, and what a beautiful day it has been. Beautiful, sunny day all day. I hope it's beautiful wherever you are. Days like this are inspirational. I find the sunshine inspirational, but we're going to add to that even more with some inspirational stories tonight. It feels like it's time for that. I don't know about you, but sometimes listening to the news just a little bit too often can be uninspiring. A lot of negative news reporting, a lot of ugly politics. So let's just put all that aside for the next 30 minutes. And let's regroup ourselves with some really positive stories. These are, of course, true stories because I'm going to tell you the stories of three individuals who have succeeded against odds. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. The first one, of course, is Thomas Alba Edison. I've always found the story inspirational. He was born February 11th. 1847 in Milan, Ohio. In 1844, when he was seven, the family moved to Michigan, which is where Edison spent the rest of his childhood. As a boy, he wasn't called Edison. Everybody called him Al. Al went to school only a short time. In fact, he did so poorly, imagine this, he did so poorly in school this genius individual that his mother, a former teacher, took him out of school and taught her son at home. Al did learn to love reading, and this is a habit that he kept the rest of his life. He also, of course, liked to make experiments. He did this in their basement. Al, as he was called as a child, not only played hard, but also worked hard. This is where his saving grace was, I think, or at least helped him to achieve his full potential. At the age of 12, he sold snacks, fruit, and newspapers on a train. 
You got to remember in 1859, trains were the newest way of travel. He even printed his own newspaper called the Grand Trunk Herald on the moving train. Not quite sure how he accomplished that, but there it is. This information, by the way, is from nps.gov. That's the National Park Service. And so to continue with our story of Thomas Alva Edison, who was called Al as a child, at age 15, Al roamed the country as a tramp telegrapher. Using a kind of alphabet called the Morse code, he sent and received messages over the telegraph. Maybe you knew this part, but did you know that at this time, Al was already losing his hearing? Yes. Talk about obstacles. During the next seven years, he moved over a dozen times. That can be difficult for young people as well. Often he works all night, taking messages for trains and even for the Union Army during the Civil War. In his spare time, he took things apart to see how they worked. Finally, he decided to invent things himself. So Al's first invention was the electric vote recorder. And guess what? It failed. Yes, it failed. But Al kept going. So now we're going to start calling him Edison. Edison moved to New York City. There is where he improved the way the stock ticker worked. This was his big break. This is what really started getting him attention as an inventor. Of course, he went on to invent many more things, including the phonograph. This was the first machine that re could record the sound of someone's voice and play it back. In 1877, Edison recorded the first words on a piece of tin foil. Imagine that. He recited the nursery rhyme, Mary had a little lamb, and the phonograph played the words back to him. This was invented, now remember, by a man whose hearing was so poor that he thought of himself as deaf, yet he invented the phonograph. Edison continued to not only improve the phonograph several times, but he also worked on x-rays, storage batteries, and the first talking doll. How about that? I didn't know that one before. For my research, one of his greatest ideas, though, was motion pictures or movies. And his inventions have changed the way we live today. He worked until his death on October 18, 1931, at the age of 84. The whole world called him a genius. But he knew that having a good idea was not enough. It takes hard work to make dreams into reality. And this is why Edison has often been quoted for saying, genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. There's another quote from credited to Thomas Alva Edison. This is one of my other favorite ones from him. It says, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. Isn't that good? I'll say it one more time. I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. So if something doesn't work, you just haven't, you've eliminated that. Now you can improve upon what you learned and go to what's better. So Thomas Alva Edison, very inspiring human being, 
just got pulled out of school because he was doing poorly and was actually considered deaf, yet he invented so many things and considered a genius. So that that story is inspirational, I've always found. One more for my sports friends out there. Of course, we had to pull in a sports hero for inspirational stories. And, of course, who else to pick but Michael Jordan because he's widely considered to be the greatest basketball player of all time. He is a former American basketball player who led the Chicago Bulls to six NBA championships and won the Most Valuable Player Award five times. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but five times. He was also a four-time gold medalist with Team USA Basketball for the Olympics, including winning two Olympic golds and was twice named the USA Basketball Male Athlete of the Year. So, yes, he's very accomplished in basketball. But how was his beginning? Uh, Michael Jordan was born on February 17, 1963, in Brooklyn, New York. He was one of James and Dolores Jordan's five children. The family moved to Wilmington, North Carolina, when Michael was very young. And his father worked as a general electric plant supervisor, and his mother worked at a bank. His father taught him to work hard and not to be tempted by street life. His mother, get this, his mother taught him to sew, clean, and do laundry. I think that's a wonderful thing. I think it's wonderful if men can know these things too. Real men do sew, clean, and do laundry. Yes, but Jordan loves sports. He certainly loves sports, but he failed to make his high school basketball team as a sophomore. You may have heard this story, but it was one year, and it was his sophomore year, and he didn't let this stop him. I mean, you could really take it to heart and think, oh, I'm not meant to do this. It's, I'm, I'm not good at it. But he did not let stop him. He practiced. I think he grew a lot, some height that year as well, and he made the team the following year. He did so well in his junior and senior years that after high school, he accepted a basketball scholarship to the University of North Carolina where he played under head coach Dean Smith. So Michael Jordan has some quotes that I find inspiring as well. I hope you do too. He says that everyone has talent, but ability takes hard work. So every single one of us have have talent, but converting that talent to success takes hard work. You create your own luck, challenge your own excuses, those roadblocks, those obstacles, not making the basketball team. If you feel you're meant to play basketball, work that much harder, and look what happens. Here's another quote from Michael Jordan. Maybe I led you to believe that basketball was God-given and not something I worked for every single day of my life. Every single day. So one more story I want to share with you. And this is a story of Joanne, also known as Joe Rowling. She was born July 31st, 1965, This particular person is a writer, which is an inspiring story for me as a writer. 
She had two pen names, and I remember hearing in the past that she found more success early on, or at least little marginal bits of success, writing as a man. So she had some pen names. Her One of her pen names were was Robert Galbraith. hope I'm saying that right. And, the, of course, the more well-known pen name, J.K. Rowling. Uh, this is a name with which she wrote the Harry Potter fantasy series. The books have gained worldwide attention. They've won multiple awards and sold more than 400 million copies. Can you imagine? 400 million copies. They have become the best-selling book series in history. So what was the early life like for J.K.? Did she just was born into a, a home that maybe their father was a publisher and it was handed to her on a silver platter? No, nothing like that. In fact, Rowling was working as a researcher and bilingual secretary for Amnesty International when she conceived the idea for the Harry Potter series. She was on, and specifically on a train that was delayed four hours. It was a train from Manchester to London. It was delayed four hours in the year 1990. In the next seven years, she conceived this idea, but still she had to, to use some of Michael Jordan's hard work ethic, and the next seven years were not easy. She became divorced during these seven years with one child. She was living in relative poverty, and she saw the death of her mother, who she was very close to, and her mother had suffered from multiple sclerosis for 10 years. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest-growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully-accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. So J.K. took the pain, I guess you'd say, that she was feeling and channeled that loss from losing her own mother, channeled that into her writing about Harry Potter's feelings about losing his parents in the first book of the series, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. This happened in 1997. So she conceived the idea for the books, but the first one didn't get completed until seven years later. And during that time, she had lots of obstacles that could have made her want to quit. Like I said, she was became divorced. She became a single mom with one child. She was living in, in poverty and suffered a really traumatic loss with the loss of her mother really at a pretty early age in life. So uh, rolling, though, she progressed from living on state benefits to becoming a multimillionaire within five years of her first book. She is now considered the United Kingdom's best-selling living author with sales. Do you dare wager a guess how many millions in sales from her books? The number is 238 million. So J.K. Rowling has 
a saying that I think sums up some of her philosophy. She says, some failure in life is inevitable. It is impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all, in which case you fail by default. That's her theory. Let me say that one one more time. Some failure in life is inevitable. It is impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all, in which case you failed by default. So we have to take chances, right? So what you're saying, we have to be willing to dream, to be willing to dream and work hard, and those are the themes that I'm hearing. <clears throat> and it pays off. It pays off. That's what you're... Don't let anything stop you. Don't let anything stop you. And as always, I'm your expert on relationships, emotional intelligence, love, dating, uh, often people, it's said over and over again, study after study has shown that 80% of your success in life comes from your emotional skills, and that's what this show is about. And I want you to stay motivated, and things happen in life, and days can be discouraging, events can be discouraging, obstacles you run into can be discouraging, the news even can be so negative that it kind of casts a negative shadow and in your day, but uh, you know what? Refocus yourself. Remind yourself of these stories. Thomas Alva Edison, who was couldn't even stay in school. His mom had to pull him out. He was doing so poorly. He was nearly deaf, but he invented the phonograph, among many other inventions, and then and was what is known as a genius. Yet he did poorly in school. Michael Jordan, who didn't even make the basketball team as a sophomore in high school, yet he goes on to be considered one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Or J.K. Rowling, who spent who had years and years of, of reduction and disappointment in her life, I guess you'd say, before she wrote the series that would go on to sell in excess of $238 million and becoming the most celebrated living author in the United Kingdom. So there you have it. Thanks for joining me tonight. I appreciate it as usual. Uh, Please feel free to leave some comments. And if you have any show topics that you'd like me to discuss or any issues to address, please feel free to list those there. And and in time, I'll get to all of them. But I hope you continue to have an inspired day And let it be the launch of an inspired week for you, an inspired month, an inspired year. And just have a great day. We'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org for monthly announcements and other happenings.